Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to another edition of The Journey of Hope. Glad you could be with us today. The Journey of Hope is a podcast that's especially designed to address the issues that men and women face after incarceration. Rhonda Farah is my guest today. We're going to have some discussions with her. She's a psychologist, and she also had spent some time incarcerated in federal prison. We're going to talk to Rhonda today right after this. I'm Rodney Mathers, and you're on The Journey of Hope. Hey, send me some email. Let me know how you're doing. You got an idea for a guest or you got an idea for a topic for reintegration? Come on, man. Bring it on and we'll look into it. I promise. Uh, You can always catch me at MathersRodney at Yahoo.com. M-A-T-H-E-R-S-R-O-D-N-E-Y at Yahoo.com. Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back. My guest today is Rhonda Farah. Rhonda is a life coach, and she's got a master's degree in educational counseling psychology from the University of Connecticut. She's written some ebooks, um, America's Leading Ladies, uh, America's Star Entrepreneurs and the journey and i think i read that you have another one coming out soon these are cool and we'll talk about them but what we want to do today is to talk to Rhonda about overcoming the kinds of adversities that we face uniquely that we face as people coming out of incarceration Rhonda, how are you i am very well rodney thank you so much for having me on your program tell us about Rhonda farah Okay, Rhonda Farah is uh, the oldest of five children, um, three brothers and one sister, and grew up on the East Coast in a pretty traditional home with a stay-at-home mom and a dad who actually preferred mom stay at home. So early on, um, being raised in those traditional values, I decided that my nurturing of, of others was pretty important and that's what got me into the counseling realm and the the realm of education um i took a detour and went into the arena of finance and that's where i learned some more about myself through a process of uh, being incarcerated in a, a federal women's prison camp for nearly six years so today with respect to our discussion of um, how to handle, how to overcome the adversities, especially uh, in post-incarceration life. I'm bringing you two perspectives. I'm bringing the perspective of having been incarcerated personally and what that meant for me from the inside out, as well as how it pivoted me and helped me to delve even further into the counseling and the educational field. And what I do now is... I help people become empowered as a lifestyle empowerment alchemist or and coach. Uh, An alchemist takes that not so good stuff and turns it into something of value. So um, that's a little bit about me. And I welcome you to ask some questions and let's dive right into our subject. Let's do that Uh, real quickly. Where were you? Where were you incarcerated at? 
in California. Okay. What what unit was that? The unit of in two places in um, Northern California, as well as in Southern California, we were transferred from one prison camp to another. Okay. How did prison um, prepare you for the kinds of things that you're doing now? Tell us about that. And we're even going to get more specific. I also want to know a little bit about, you know, what was the process when you came out? Did you have a job lined up, that Mm -hmm. sort of thing? But what did you learn in prison that uh, is driving what you do now? Okay. Well, what I learned in prison is prison did a valuable thing for me. First of all, I believe that we call everything forward. We may not realize why we're calling things forward, especially that not so good, challenging, struggling stuff. Um, In calling it forward, we do that so we can learn some lessons in life. And then we get to decide what we want to do to learn those lessons. So, Prison for me was actually a gift, and I don't mean that sarcastically at all, because it pivoted me right back into the realm of being of service to others, um, out of the world of finance and into the world of being of service to others, and not just as um, an educational counselor, but helping people to become empowered from that not-so-good stuff which some people, you know, would say, well, going to prison, how could that ever be a gift to you, Rhonda? Uh, How could that be a blessing? And it actually was, because during that period of incarceration is actually where I was able to be of service to about 300 women at a time with uh, courses in how to become the very best that you can be, even with the situations and circumstances that we had. in in that realm so in many ways that gave people well that gave people an opportunity to be liberated while they were incarcerated did you have a lot of support from the outside while you were incarcerated i had yes i did um i had my family um close friends my loved ones um the financial support that was necessary Um, So I did. I was very blessed with respect to that. And I was also very blessed to have the time when you say, what did you learn there? I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about what I didn't know about myself, what I liked and what I didn't like about myself and what I really wanted to do with the rest of my life, beginning while incarcerated. I thought I'd lost you there for a second. Okay. All right. Well, let's keep going. Um, So what exactly did you have lined up for yourself when you got out? Uh, You you had support, and how did that go? Coming out, finding a job? Tell us about that. Okay. Well, um, while incarcerated, um, I also had a health issue that I basically kept to myself. Um, So when I got out, my first order of business was to attend to um, an incidence of breast cancer. So here I am coming out, attempting to bounce back or bounce forward, as I say these days. Um, But for 11 months while incarcerated, I knew I had a lump on my breast. And I chose to do nothing about it while incarcerated other than pray and meditate and that type of thing because I just wasn't going to put 
myself in the hands of people that I didn't feel were as competent. Um, and I saw a lot while I was in prison, so I made that decision. Yeah, <laughs> I, 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 I laugh because decision. those of us who have been there, yeah, I think yeah. A, amen on that. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I made that decision. So it was my first, um, even though the BOP, the Bureau of Prison, their first uh, order of business was to put me in a halfway house, um, which is really interesting. Um, the only woman in an all-male halfway house, so they rerouted everybody around. That's and crazy. Um, yeah, it's uh, the archaic system continued. Yeah. However, it was just another bit for me to learn about myself um, and where I was going in life. So in addition to um, attempting to find employment, uh, as well as I was absolutely diagnosed with breast cancer and began chemotherapy. And actually at that point, the BOP couldn't wait to get me out of the halfway house. Um, so I went home. Yeah. I bet. That, yeah. I couldn't wait to get well, me how, out of it. How did you pay for all that? How did you get that handled? And what did you do? I had insurance at the time through a family member. Okay. And I was, so I was able to actually get the best treatment possible. Um, and I did that and thank God, 16 years cancer free at this point. Wow. Um, congratulations. Yes. Thank you. And have never felt better. Um, and I think I look pretty good too. So my, that was, it was an interesting, uh, and I'm sure it's just not unique to me, but it was an interesting thing to come out to not only um, you know, institutionalization, I'm not telling you anything new, is very unlike non-institutionalization. So <laughs> there, there was all that stuff going on being institutionalized mm. and thinking, wow. Um, Did you find, Rhonda, <laughs> when you came out that you had to kind of shed yourself of uh, that that prison kind of mentality? I, if, if I'm reading your story right, you were in federal prison, you weren't in state prison no right? not state federal and it was a woman's prison camp so and so yeah. i mean you, you know we all know those of us the handful of people that listen they know exactly what you're talking about believe me we uh -huh. all know exactly how you have to be to you know just survive in there and right um so did you have a hard time shedding yourself of that mentality that prison mentality was it an easy switch i gotta tell you I see people from time to time that have been out for a long time and and they still haven't made the switch, mm -hmm. you know, and gotten rid of that prison mentality. But personally, I mean, I think probably the day they let me out, I was done with it. I mean, I got mm -hmm. rid of the lingo and even the way I saw people walk, their gait mm -hmm. was different. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I, and so how did you get rid of it? Was it easy? Was it hard? And how'd you do it? It was um, not that difficult for me um, for a couple of reasons. I, I came back to my daughter, who's in California, and I had the support of loved ones and friends. So there was all that, that thought process and that emotional stuff going on that I was right back where I needed to be when I, when I needed to be there. So it, it was, it was possibly easier for me to get unstuck and to keep going within 
and to keep going within some more, to continue to get unstuck and to remove everything that was cluttering my life because now it was time to make a new life okay. and a new life in many ways. Right. And uh, I, I want to definitely talk about that. Um, it, it, you know, what is it when you say stuff that you got that stuff out? What was it that you had to get rid of? And I mean, basically what I'm asking you, Ron, is how did you get mm -hmm. yourself together? You know? Okay. And that's, again, that's that process of going within. And I always say it's an inside job. Um, I had was in the process and even today still there's healing going on guilt shame um you know even though i'm a lifestyle empowerment coach i'm not immune to that adversity that struggle all mm -hmm. that that you know that look that that we kept we keep ourselves in um and the biggest thing i did was i got a coach uh, <laughs> coming from the therapy realm and counseling i still got a coach so, well, I didn't go to a therapist, but I did get a coach mm -hmm. to help me remove what was cluttering. And a lot of it was shame and guilt. And my my best guess is listeners, you know, understand that, that it was a, a hurtful and a uh, shameful process in many ways. And in many ways, I feel personally that it was harder on my family than it was even on me. Mm -hmm. So I was anxious to get back into the realm to get healthy to be um, free of cancer, certainly, and mm -hmm. to move forward with my life. And I know that I, I really know I was incarcerated to take a lesson to help others develop that lesson within them so mm -hmm. that they could also become their highest and best good for the highest and best good of all concerned. You, I, I think I read you did six years, six and a half. That's a, that's a pretty good yes. stretch of time. And so when you yeah. came out, were you on paper were you did your sentence discharge how did that work i was on paper for three years okay what the federal system calls probation okay and was there any help given to you during that time from the those people the probation people um i think that they did the best that they could and i i really mean that mm -hmm. um I think that they did the best that they could and they, but it always amazed me. I wasn't using cancer as an excuse not to get a job, but I was using, <laughs> I, I was saying I need to get healthy before I can pay you, you know, 25 or $50 mm -hmm. a month, right. what, whatever it is. So again, I do think that they did the best that looking back now on this, this was, uh, I was released in 2005. Mm -hmm. um, so when it, they weren't going to do it for you. And certainly with Halfway House and with, with all of that, they provided certain avenues. They provided the computer, you know, to look for a job, to do, to do many things. But it wasn't, um, unless I took responsibility mm -hmm. for that, it, wa it wasn't going to happen. It just wasn't going to happen. I, and I, I did take responsibility. I really like that you're saying that. That's the kind of thing we're looking for. If you're waiting for someone to pull you up by your bootstraps, it's not going to happen. It's not. It is not, not only if you were incarcerated and have been released, it's not going to happen even on a good day with not with good stuff instead of not so good crap stuff happening yeah. to you. You must take responsibility for being the best that you can be. And would that 
be your message today to we're kind of running out of time here would that be your yes. message today that um that it's that striving to just continue to to try to better yourself and where do you think people can look because you found it i've kind of found it too but it's hard to put into words where mm-hmm. do you find the encouragement to keep moving forward because you know what you are going to get slapped from time to time yes. and um that x really doesn't ever come off your back does it and so no um where did you find i know you talk about this going within yourself but can you be a little bit more specific about how you found the encouragement yes um okay that going within is me understanding that and i offer this to listeners listeners as well that hope is our greatest strength it's good for us personally and what's good for us becomes good for everyone else around us when it comes to hope and I became, you know, dedicated to awakening hearts, just like mine was awakened, awakening minds, and mostly, especially awakening spirit to this innate power from within. Our, I call it our authentic power from within that mm-hmm. resides in each one of us. And that's our way to a more meaningful and a better life. It's at our core. It's at our center. And so we don't have to settle. We can live the life that we desire. We can live the life that we want rather than merely being in default mode Mm -hmm. and, you know, living a life that is, again, is settling for less, even though we may have that X on our back. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's believing that we can be the best that we can be for ourselves. Hey, Rhonda, I notice you run 50 or 60 miles a week. And And, um, is that is that right? Yes. How how important would you say that exercising and taking care of your body is is something that people that are trying to reintegrate should folk should think about? Because I I don't think very many people coming out of prison even have time to think about it. But it's important, isn't it? It's extremely important. Yeah. I've been a distance runner for over forty five years. Wow! And you don't uh, have problems so with was- your knees. I don't. And when I do, when I do, I, I pray on it and I fix it. And, and again, going within, but that's another story. Well, the, here's, here's the, another story too. Um, right. don't stop running because if you do, you're not going to like what happens to your body. I, yeah. <laughs> I've got some personal experience with that. You're hey, listen, man. <laughs> listen, where can we find out more about you, Rhonda? Um, you can, go to uh, my website www.helpmerondanow.com helpmeronda r-h-o-n-d-a now.com excellent Rhonda I want to thank you so much for being on the journey of hope today thank you you're very welcome thank you Rhonda Farah and we're going to be right back after this my name is Rodney Mathers and you're on the journey of hope
hey everybody, welcome back. You know, we've never ever since uh, we started the podcast had a hard time finding guests. Um, we didn't initially have guests on the show, but then there was a point where we decided to try to do that, and it's just been real easy, even though the podcast is just this little tiny, tiny little podcast. Um, and the way it works is we use radioguestlist.com, and I put out a a notice that we're looking for guests and there's a weeding out process then a vetting process and um, since we started the podcast in April 2010 we've had over 43,000 downloads and you know that's not much for 10 years <laughs> it sounds like a lot but small podcast still no problem getting guests every once in a while I like to do a podcast where I have something to share um, if not beneficial, it's at least cathartic. So, <clears throat> but most of the time we have guests. And one time, a long time ago, um, I believed I was duped by the person not having the credentials that I was led to believe they had. And, you know, I would never publicly name that person. Um, cause you know, like what's the point? <laughs> so, uh, it really didn't hurt anything, but we we increased our vetting back in those days. And um, so you can be assured that the guest that uh, you can be assured that the guests that come on the show <clears throat> are who they say they are and uh, have the credentials that they say that they have. And I think that I owe that even to the very, very few handful of people that listen um, I owe that to you to keep that, um, you know, on the up and up. And so we try to do that. But look, having said that, here's what I wanted to say today. Um, kind of wanted to get this off my chest. You still need to listen critically. Um, use your critical thinking skills. And what you do when you hear these interviews is you pick out what you can use and you take the rest and flush it down the toilet. And that's my advice on how to listen to these podcasts. If you're, if you're looking for some help, I think that if you listen, you'll find little nuggets in there that will help you. And I wanted to get that off my chest today. <laughs> so we're going to be right back after this. Hey there, you got a topic that you'd like for me to discuss on the show? Something you think that would benefit people trying to reintegrate? Let me know, and I'll sure go after it. You can always catch me at MathersRodney at Yahoo.com, M-A-T-H-E-R-S-R-O-D-N-E-Y at Yahoo.com. Well, that's all we have time for. I want to remind you that if God is for you, who can be against you? We'll see you next time right here on The Journey of Hope.